Hi, I'm Stephen Schinder. And I'm Dan Schinder. Welcome to the Yes Shift podcast, where we talk about, wait, what do we talk about again? The band Yes. And there's so much to talk about with their many shifts in lineups and the mental, emotional, and spiritual shift their music can evoke. Since 1968, as of the inception of this podcast, May 2021, Yes has published a ton of studio albums, live albums, compilation albums, singles, and videos, all of which cover a very wide arcing spectrum of progressive rock. And we represent two generations of hardcore Yes fans. You may not agree with all of our tastes. Or any. The same way we don't always agree with a lot of those silly stuff so-called Yes fans post about on social. <laughs> and that's okay. With a history like Yes, having spanned so much music and time, there are always going to be different perspectives. And we are here to share ours, comment on things we see online, and invite you to be part of it as well. Yeah, we welcome your comments on posts of these episodes on social, as well as reviews on our podcasting platforms. You can also send comments and suggestions for topics to yesshiftpodcast at gmail.com. That's spelled with two S's, just like yes songs and yes shows. All right, well, this will be an interesting episode in many ways. It's the first new yes music since when steve um well technically we had that from a page stuff in 2019 which was technically recorded like 2010 ish but what about from this lineup though like yeah heaven and earth uh back when squire was still around that came out 2014 so okay so it's the first in seven years yeah yeah okay thanks so it's the first new yes music in essence in quite a while very anticipated what we're going to do is we're going to give you our sort of review slash response reactions we're going to read some notes from some band members we're going to read some responses slash reactions from fans then we'll address the weirdness that is surrounding this the controversial aspect slash suspicious aspect and neither steve or i have a stance on that as far as a belief we just know what we've read and we know what we've heard we'll get to that last yeah like we've collected what's like been posted what is known so far and this is like something that's like still evolving i think like I feel like not enough, like we've gotten some info, but I feel like we need more, um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll address well, that. Yeah, we'll get yeah. to that last. And for those of you that don't know what we're talking about, we barely do. It's <laughs> it's that the song sounds very, very, very much like another song that was put out years ago. We'll get to that first. Um, let's start with what one sees first, which is uh, the artwork. And there's a great I think a great video that goes with this. Steve, what do you yeah. think of that? Yeah, so um I don't think we mentioned the song, but it's called The Ice Bridge and if that's um, important. Yeah. And yeah, they put out uh, a YouTube video that was just a song with like the single cover art, but they also put out like an official music video which shows like um parts of the Roger Dean cover artwork for the quest and also shows like rocks and trees like landscape type of stuff and 
you see like scrolls opening up showing like the band members like you get to see like who's in the band in essence and i thought that was a really well made video like thinking back to like when heaven and earth put out sample videos it, they looked pretty cool it was like um like a sketch like a sketch was being made of the cover art and like some text and but here it's more like 3d stuff and uh, I, I really like it it's not goofy like how the fly from here music video kind of was it felt like that was trying to be a throwback to owner of a lonely heart with a guy who's like panicking about everything that's going on um <laughs> and so yeah i thought for a like for a music video this is very well made like having the title in a rock and like, like it looks like it's glistening it's got like water drops on it because it was ice yeah yeah it was ice yeah yeah so yeah it looks we'd really love good yeah, sorry. We'd love to get your uh, feedback, fans. Yes, fans, from you regarding the artwork. I I love it. I loved the video. Um, I loved seeing some of Roger's artwork kind of come to life, leaves blowing in the breeze, and things like that. And the first thing I thought of it reminded me that I had always wanted to see an animated version by Roger Dean of Tales from Topographic Oceans, or Close to the Edge, or Relayer. Um, if there were to be another um, remake of the original Hobbit animated film uh, from the 70s, I'd love to see Roger Dean do that. So to me, that was neat. I'm a huge Roger Dean fan. He's my favorite artist, other than my wife, Enja. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know that in the 2000s, Roger Dean was trying to get a film made based on his artwork is called floating islands but it never got off the ground like i don't think it got the i get it never got off the oh sorry oh that wasn't intentional but yeah <laughs> i think it was going to be animated but i don't remember 100 percent. but yeah that was a thing cool so musically um i I, if you don't mind, I'll kind of chime in on all my points musically yeah. and the recording. Okay, and then we'll get yours, then we'll read from the artist that did it. Right, so your this initial version. reactions to the song. My initial reactions was, I love the big sound. I mentioned recently, and I've mentioned before, that the production of drama compared to going for the one and Tormato is just like big and fat and live. This has that sound. It has almost a Mike Stone Asia sort of production element to it, um, which I love. I was a little surprised that um, the drums and the vocals seem to be a little bit buried in the mix, but I would not want to turn the instruments down. I think they could have been, those could have been brought up a little, but all in all, I love the recordings, the recording and this of all recordings that Jeff Downs has ever done with, yes, to me, he's the most um, synthy, and it'd be easy for someone to say, oh, he's trying to get the Wakeman sounds and this and that, and there are some um, reminiscence of those sounds, but to me, those are yes sounds in this context. There's even a bit of Patrick Moraz here and there, certain synth sounds that he's using. So for me, I loved that. It kind of helped bring back the classic sound um so yeah i i like it a lot i love the production 
I like the performance. I think John's voice is amazing. I really do. I don't know why some of the negative comments that we're going to read have come out, but I think his voice sounds good. And, and here's what I'd like to post everybody for those who don't like it or aren't sure. If this was a new band out of nowhere and you had no idea who was on it, I think it'd be pretty easy to say, wow, this sounds great. And sometimes I think it's fair to separate what we like versus recognizing something sounds great. Now, maybe it's not my thing, but I recognize it sounds great. That's a little hard for a lot of people to do. Right. But like sort of let go of what you're familiar with, what you're used to seeing the thing as. Yeah. And to just, if this was a brand new band and that was their music, it'd be like, whoa. And Steve Howe, there's a lot of classic Steve Howe in this, a lot. And there's even, I don't remember where, uh, but somewhere there's one little line, it's maybe three or four measures that could have been on Tales from Topographic Oceans, that same sound with his Les Paul, very sustaining, just that biting through all the other instruments. I really like it. I like it. How about you? Yeah. Yeah, so my first thought when I listened to the whole thing was, oh, dad is going to love how this sounds. <laughs> because of the production? Oh, uh, well, that, but also because uh, I know you weren't that into the laid back feel of Heaven and Earth. And this felt like it it's like heavier, if it has more energy. Um, I, I was re-listening to like the last song on Heaven and Earth, which was Subway Walls. And the beginning and end of that feel more, um, I guess what Yes fans want. Like it feels heavier and more energetic. And it's kind of like you could go from that song straight into this one. And um, yeah, like there's definitely a lot going on. Uh, I was really into like, Okay, so like the beginning, I automatically was reminded of Fanfare for the Common Man by uh, like, you know, how Emerson Lake and Palmer have played that. And someone else pointed that the beginning also kind of sounds like the beginning of Touch and Go by Emerson Lake and Powell. And um, like throughout the song, I was also thinking like, yeah, it sounds a lot like Asia to me as well as glass hammer like I, i've listened to a bit of glass hammer i'm back on the royal affair tour i got i bought a cd that they're selling in the merch uh part of that whole thing it was the album if and uh, obviously john davison uh has he used to be in glass hammer i don't think he's with them anymore because he's busy with yes and yeah it sounded very reminiscent of glass hammer to me and I thought John Davison was like his vocals sounded great and the lyrics I I really dug like they're about climate change and he he like he really is a good singer um I I don't he doesn't sound just like John Anderson to me or like he's trying to sound like John Anderson he sounds like John Davison to me which is why I don't always get like the comments of how oh he's just trying to sound like john anderson it's like I, I don't think he is i think he's just trying to sound like himself this is how he sings i agree and there happens to be some similarities yeah yeah like yeah like that's just how he sounds and they just happen to sound somewhat similar to each other yeah let, um, let's oh go ahead 
Oh, I, I was just gonna say, and I liked the or orchestral bits as well, and um, how like I agree, Jeff did sound a bit Wakeman e at certain points. I totally caught that. Um, and yeah, I just saw it sounded really dynamic. Like there's a lot packed into those seven minutes. Cool. Let's read some quotes by the band uh, about the making of the song. I'll read the first one by our friend Alan. Alan White says, I'm extremely proud to be part of this music and believe the video graphics are outstanding. A collaboration of many talents coming together to put to produce the Ice Bridge. I hope our fans, audiences will appreciate the creativity put forward. I'm pleased to share it with the world and hope everyone will enjoy the ride. You want to read Steve's? Steve? <laughs> sure. Uh, Steve Howe adds, The Ice Bridge opens the album in the dark and moody key of C minor, aided by the orchestra. The rolling bass part kicks things into gear as the vocals and guitars start a winding journey through the various structures till the breakdown happens, where ice breaking is heard. Yep. And John Davison says, uh, was working with Jeff Downs on the ice bridge, Davison Downs, looking at the dangers of climate change. He explained how he sets about collaboration with his bandmates. He says, usually what happens is a member is left to write their respective parts and put their stamp on things. Jeff sent me a selection of exciting and often gorgeous snippets he had created and made it clear that he wished I experiment freely and develop as needed. This in turn gave me the confidence to take on the vocal role, lyrics, vocal, melody, and harmony, how the vocals are presented and uniquely phrased but all the while striving to stay faithful to Jeff's initial ideas. I think they make a good team, actually. Yeah, and we know, uh, like, around the time of Heaven and Earth, like, I've mentioned this before, those two were trying to collaborate on, like, a longer song that didn't make it onto that album. Uh, it might not be on the quest, it doesn't look like, but, yeah, they seem like they like enjoy working together, I think. Yeah, let's now move to what's always a fun part, fan reactions. Yeah, like I included several of these and like I asked you, is is it, did I put down too many or like uh, are all of them? Yeah, there's quite a few. Let's, let's see how fast we could blow through a bunch. Maybe we'll get through all of them. And folks, please give us your take on this stuff um steve go ahead and start <clears throat> okay so this one is from mitchell w every member steps up their performance from the last album and billy sherwood makes an excellent debut as the first new bassist to enter the band how plays more energetically than since the latter davison soars and dips showing off his true skills and how they differ but as personal as anderson's uh, th this is the best playing from Downs I think I've ever heard. You can tell how much relayer he has been playing. The addition of Shellen's auxiliary percussion to Alan's drumming sounds warm. I bought the box set. Dot, 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 dot. Like how many, ever many dots is after that. I, um, I agree with that take 100%. That, that's a good, accurate review. You know, all sensibilities aside, I, I think that's accurate. I'll read the room from Brian Harris. 
Uh, first release from the forthcoming Yes album, some great guitar by Steve Howe, cool keyboards from Jeff Downs. LMY also turns in some strong drumming. John Davidson provides some innovative vocals, but lyrically the track does not flow from word to word very poetically. And therefore the singing suffers due to that. That's subjective, but that, that's cool opinion. Also, Billy Sherwood's bass is low in the mix. I agree. And his vocals yeah, yeah, are that, limited. Huh? Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, yeah, that's like been a, I, I've seen that critique pop up like in various comments that yeah. his bass is kind of low and the vocals are kind of low. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I'd like to hear all that turned up. Overall, though, it's an excellent track with the instruments overriding the vocals a bit, as I mentioned, a worthy entry in the Yes catalog. Okay, go ahead and read Paul's. Yeah, so in one of the various threads on Facebook, Paul Watson said, I haven't heard John Davison as good as this since he was in Glass Hammer. He's tight on this track and comes into his own. Jeff is at the forefront with his array of keyboards. All in all, very enjoyable and bodes well for the rest of the album. Cool. And Jimmy Mallard says, I just listened to it in my home theater system, Denon Receiver, nine clips, speakers two 400 watt subwoofers he gave us the rundown so we know he's listening to it on i liked the musicianship i thought billy was a little low in the mix i'll try to adjust my eq for that i thought jeff did a very nice job i think this song will grow on me as have most yes songs since fragile blew me away when it was released the only thing missing in my humble opinion were the vocal harmonies that made yes much better than any other prog band i agree with that 100 percent I hope the rest of the album has Billy and Steve more involved in the vocals. I like John Davidson's voice, but I love Yes Vocal Harmonies. That's true. That was missing. That whole lush layer that we've known Yes to become was missing. Whenever I think of something like that or hear or read something like that, I always think back to when Bill Bruford said he thought he was joining a jazz band and it ended up having this element of the vocals of the fifth dimension, which is such a great take, especially of the time. And that is missing. I don't know why. Billy's really a good singer. Steve can yeah. carry the low part. Jeff Downs also sings a bit of background. So I don't know why that's absent. Yeah, it was something I didn't notice on the first listen. But after seeing comments, like there are some people who have that take and comment that it doesn't have the vocal harmonies that they're used to hearing it. And I'm I do wonder if maybe there are more vocal harmonies on the other songs. And it's just that this is more of a, maybe because this is more of a Davison driven piece, so like as well as Downs, maybe it, maybe that's why it's mainly him and you don't have those vocal harmonies. But I would hope that we get more of Steve and Billy singing in the mix. Right. Okay, cool. Why don't you read... Uh... Where'd we leave off? Why don't you read those two short ones and then. Okay. I don't yeah, So this, this one's from Sam Marsh who says, so this is the single, a bit of an Asia vibe again, but thus far a big step forward from the last one. I want to hear the rest, especially if this is the most commercial track. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Like this, like the singles are like tend to be the ones that sound the most commercial but so it kind of makes one wonder like what will the rest of the album sound like because a single is not always quite indicative in some cases right how um, deep in the weeds do they get with time signature changes and weird stuff 
Yeah, and um, also it's it's another uh, common bit of feedback that people are saying this is a step forward from heaven and earth, but yeah. yeah. Um, and Jim Stockdale says, huge yes fan with John Anderson and not a fan of their previous albums without him, but I do like this song and would listen to the entire new album. So there we have someone who is a huge John Anderson fan, but is willing to... Uh, from the sounds of it give these other things a fair shake and yeah I, yeah it's interesting that you're really into this one jim so i guess we'll see what you think of the album when it comes out yeah very cool so um we gave our take we read a couple comments from band members we've read a couple comments from the fans we talked about the video and the cover art the roger dean element steve not how Steve Schinder <laughs> called me yesterday and said he had to bring something up before we record this today. And I said, okay. And he was very hesitant. And then he, he's, when he said, yeah, you know, I, I, was, I was trying to figure out like how to break it to you. Well, that's exactly yeah. what you said. You said, I don't know how to break this to you. And I'm, I think I said like, what is someone like slamming me? Like what's, what's the deal? <laughs> like I couldn't imagine why he was, so protective of this. And then he broke the news that it's been pointed out that this song sounds suspiciously very much like another song. And at first, before hearing anything, I thought, well, how much could it sound the same? You know, there's so many similarities. Every 12 bar blues song sounds like another 12 bar blues song. But when Steve sent me the link, I think I called him after listening to the first 22 seconds and I said I don't even want to listen to it anymore it's like just like it but I did listen to the rest it's about half the length Steve will get into the song and some editorials that we found and stuff but when I heard this other song there are nuances that the yes song has that are way too coincidental. They're, they're rhythmic patterns that are breaks that are not part of the regular progression. And it really kind of blew my mind to listen to these back and forth, side by side, side by side. Um, so I don't have like an opinion, oh yes, copied them. Or, you know, there's an element where Jeff was working on some stuff back in 77, then this song came out in 78. And then the, who, who copied who? Is it subliminal? Did it seep into someone's subconscious? Is it all a dream? Is this all a dream? Am I going to wake up farting on myself in is the Arctic? podcast a dream? <laughs> right. So um, is it an endless dream? So Steve, why don't you talk about this whole, how this revelation and what you first found, I guess, on Reddit. And let's yeah. just kind of go through it without getting too outside the lines. Let's just stay focused. We're just delivering news here. We're not accusing anybody of anything. We're just reporting what we've heard and yes. read. So in one of the threads where I shared, like, we would like to know what you all think of the song. You know, I shared it on the Facebook groups. Uh, someone commented a link to this Reddit thread. Uh, the Reddit user, um, I'm not going to say their name because like they, uh, like a little bit ago, uh, we're recording this on Saturday the 24th. Um, it seems like they deleted their thread and the account, but they basically said, it seems like Yes may have copied this song. And the song in question is called The Dawn of an Era, and it's by... Francis Monkman, who 
is known for being in the prog rock band Curved Air and an instrumental band called Sky. And so this was on a 1978 album of his called Energism, which was originally released in 1978 as an album of library music. Um, so it was released in the UK and then I guess as a solo album in 1980 in, in Germany, according to Discogs, um, you know, that website. Um, and so uh, initially it came out 78 and in 1980, it also became the title theme for Invasion UFO, which is a 1980 compilation film of episodes of the 70s TV show UFO. Um, and so Energism was, well, okay, so first off, well, like both songs, um, the Dawn of an Era and the Ice Bridge have like these similar things like or the and the um and so like when i listened to that song i was just like my jaw dropped like yeah hopefully you folks can so recognize steve's suspicious. verbalizing yeah. uh, articulations of those parts of the songs but it's that's what i was referring to the nuance is that they're, they're too much of a coincidence i mean a chord progression is one thing but when you have certain rhythmic patterns, and I think this song's in the same key as well, um, right. it, it's just weird. It's, it's just weird. And as Steve mentioned, we're recording this on July 24th, Saturday. And it's interesting that, that you said that the thread was deleted and the Reddit account. Yeah. What if that um, was Jeff Downs leaving some weird Easter egg there? <laughs> <laughs> I seriously doubt it, but um, I do too. yeah, uh, well, Jeff commented, but we'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Um, so maybe John Anderson did it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I did a bit more digging and, uh, you know, other people pointed this out as well, but Energism, uh, the album that that song was on, uh, was originally released on the Bruton music label. And according to Discogs, Bruton Music is a library label based in London and founded in 1977 by Robin Phillips. It's named after Bruton Street, where it was originally formed. And so um, I, I looked up like where that is geographically, and it appears to be in West End in London. And of course, I also had to look up more about library music to see what it means. And I think I have like a vague idea of what it is. It's like production music, kind of like, um, you know, recently John Anderson had that thing called Sunlight and that was production music that everyone was able to listen to. But once it people like were flocking to it, like the website, like took it down or whatever for, for whatever mysterious reason. But, yeah, it's, it's like the yeah. music I use for royalty free libraries for the video production stuff I do and yeah, it's used for like stuff that. like film and whatnot. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess it, like, I was kind of confused on whether this gets licensed out or if it's royalty free, but. Um, and I so, want to point out the Michael Jackson element there, if that's all right, and some of that history when you're ready. Oh, okay. Yeah, go ahead and, uh, like, go over okay. that briefly. So, in Steve's digging, he found that Michael Jackson purchased the company in 1982, but sold it to the Zamba group in 1985. Zamba operated the group as part of their 
Zama Production Music Division. In 2002, I'm sorry, yeah, in 2002, BMG purchased the Zamba Group and amalgamated their production division to create the BMG Zamba Production Music. Are you following me, folks? So far, it sounds like a limerick. Which Burton is, which Bruton is still a part of. BMG Zamba Production Music was eventually sold to Universal Publishing Production Music. The catalog is represented in North America by APM Music in Hollywood. Suddenly it all makes sense. <laughs> That's a long windy road, but we wanted to just sort of give some of the trajectory of where this other song by Francis was found and the purpose and where that all ended up and everything like that. Um, there is an interesting tie-in to Jeff Downs when um, Stephen mentioned um, the West End music. And Steve, why don't you address Jeff's tweets? Yeah, so this morning, uh, Jeff Downs tweeted, he, he said, in regards to recent messages, the original idea for the Ice Bridge track appears on a 1977 showreel of mine at a time when I was composing jingles and library music for a West End music production company. So if you pause um, right there, I just want to point out so far, there's some weird closer than coincidences. There's the timeline 1977 versus 1978. There's Jeff recording for library music, which the other piece was for. There's also the fact that he mentions West End music, which in a roundabout way, no pun intended, was related <laughs> to or, or sort of in a parallel universe within the same universe with um, Bruton music label. So if, if Jeff was in Indiana and did this for some off the wall underground private label thing 10 years before or after this other piece, like none of this would seem nearly as much coincidental. And I'm not accusing Jeff of anything or anybody. Uh, we're just, again, this is the journalistic element of this particular episode this yes shift that we're working and we're just pointing this stuff out. Hence the next tweet by Jeff. Yeah. So uh, before getting to the next tweet, I just want to say, I find it like, it's kind of weird that he doesn't mention Bruton music. If that is the same company, but maybe he forgot, I don't know. But um, in any case, the next tweet is over the last couple of years i've been looking at some of these early ideas and felt that this one was suitable for further development and um i mean that is kind of like what yes did with fly from here right it was decades old and they decided to flesh it out more but at so. least it was in within their own universe that's yeah and and i'm not saying artists shouldn't do what steve is saying jeff did you know pull from their own stuff from years ago i mean look at Greg Lake, he wrote Lucky Man when he was like 14 or something. Um, and that's fine. You know, it's his. That's totally cool. But I, I just think that there's some, I don't know how to feel about this because Yes is one of my two most influential favorite, favorite, favorite bands of all times. We know a bunch of the guys. I've been friends with Alan since 1989. He's been on my show, Drum Talk TV, quite a few times. We've spent personal time together. And it's like, I, I, I refuse to let my bubble be bursted, but I'm human and I'm extremely curious. Like what happened? How did this happen? Did the other guys know what was happening? Whatever it is that happened. And what, what does this all mean? You know, yeah. and, and I don't think this is the end of the story. There's gotta be more that's gonna surface 
out of this. Either someone's going to tell on themselves or someone's going to explain or someone from the outside is going to point more stuff up the way you've dug. And, and it's going to unfold a little more. And I, I want to say this. Um, if we just go back for now, if we just go back to what the actual recording is and the release and who's playing it, I like the piece. I love the production. I love the performance of it. And I'm glad that there's some new Yes music. I can't wait to hear the rest for the reason Steve and a couple of the other fans commented that, yeah, usually the first release is the single. The single's not nearly as deep in the weeds or progressive or, you know, um, um, brainy as other pieces. So I'm, I'm really curious if that's the most commercial thing. You know, like if I could just say when Asia came out with Heat of the Moment, <laughs> I, it was like, it, it was like King Crimson meets Barry Manilow. I was like, what? You know, it really was like, scared me that that was the first release. Is this what the, but the rest of the album, and I like that song, but the rest of the album, I was like, okay, this is better. Um, so this is not like that is what I'm saying. This is a nice piece of music with some depth to it. Um, I forgot which fan commented on the lyrics not being as poetically you know, and that's subjective and, and you may be very right. Um, but I think all in all, this is not like some candy pop release that makes us suspicious of the rest of the album. It makes me even more curious about it because I like it so much. That's all totally separate from this other weird issue that we'll look into more. And we might do a whole other yeah. episode on this. It, it might be called a crack in the ice bridge. I don't know. <laughs> Right. And there has been a bit of speculation that like, what if like Bruton music, like what if Jeff made the piece for them and then they put it in Francis Muckman's hands and said, hey, we have the rights to this. Why use it or something? I don't know if that's the case, but that's that not a bad speculation. speculation. Yeah, that's not um, a bad speculation, given the timeline, given the geography of the whole thing. That's really interesting. Yeah, and there is also another weird element which people have pointed out, like even like maybe years ago, but uh, another song on this Francis Monkman album, Energism, uh, the, the song, The Achievement of Man. It, it sounds, sounds just like Tempest Fugit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, no it, it sounds like um, the Vangelis song, Pole Star, which came out a few year or a couple years prior um like i think polestar came out in 1976 or thereabouts and it has like a similar thing uh, let me just listen to it on my own just the thing that okay so yeah uh they both have the it might be a slightly different key i, I don't know um but it's very similar. Uh, there are like little bits here and there added, but yeah, that's another weird thing where it sounds very similar. And I don't know if that's a case of like the music library label or whatever it's called saying, hey, make this sound alike or whatever. Or if it's like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know. We don't know everything that's happening. Um, like uh, when this episode comes out, maybe there will be more info and um like, hopefully, like, I, I just think that in any case, I, I still think Yes should address this, like, not just in Jeff's tweets, but, like, on their website, like, be more specific about the stuff that happened, because, you know, this thing that's come out is kind of, 
clouding it, it's i don't know if clouding is the right word but it's changing like people's some fans perception of like the upcoming album well, and i feel like yeah go ahead yeah, i'm sorry yeah it's plain and simple it is a distraction and while you were talking i was also thinking that we would like to hear uh in comments, wherever you're seeing this, whether it's the video version on Facebook or audio version on your favorite podcasting platform, um, we'd like to know your take. And we'd like to hear like separately, if you understand this weirdness issue, comment on it, but we'd also like to know, what do you think of the recording? What do you think of the production, the artwork? What do you think of their performances? Um, I think I commented on everyone's performance except for Billy's other than the fact that he's too low. I, I think it sounds great. I love what he's doing on the song. Steve Howe described it perfectly, that rolling bass line. Um, it, it excites me to hear the rest of the album and um, I'd like to go see them when they tour. Uh, yeah, that that's I think honestly about all I got for the whole ball of wax there. And I think there's gonna be more wax coming. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if this will be the final word on it. I, I hope it isn't that they clarify more. And um, again, like as we put out episodes, uh, we have stuff we already recorded that can come out like at pretty much any time. But at, whenever like current yes stuff comes out, like if we learn more about this situation, we'll like touch upon it as soon as we can. And uh yeah like it, it's a weird situation and some of us don't know what to think uh like let's like regardless of like what happened like just the confusion of everything right now makes it difficult for me to sort of listen to the ice bridge as its own thing because it's kind of attached to this little controversy slash speculation thing so the sooner that it gets cleared up the better i think and people will know like what to think and how to deal with what whatever it is that went on and yeah. um yeah but like all that said there's still lots of yes stuff to talk about like past and present oh so, yeah. yeah i mean and like steve said we have i think five other episodes that we've already recorded but you know when stuff like this happens like steve said it's sort of it's news and we're going to put it out right away so we're reordering the things that are more uh annual uh, more perennial more like perennial whereas this is more annual you know it, it's when it happens we release it and we've got a, a list of a bunch of other topics we'd love to know your suggestions and you can email us at yes shift podcast at gmail.com that's yes shift y-e-s-s-h-i-f-t podcast at gmail.com we'd love to get your thoughts and please feel free to comment uh wherever you're watching or listening to this yeah yeah sounds good there's lots to talk about and we hope you'll listen to us again next time absolutely thanks everybody we appreciate your support uh follow us on your favorite podcast channel and on the yes shift facebook page <laughs> those who have been with us from the beginning know why I'm emphasizing, yes, shift, the yeah, F the, in there. The F is very important. Yes, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, Fing is always important. Okay. Thanks, everybody. We will see you soon with more. <laughs>